1: And the collection is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oil. So experience something new and discover what's good with the Pantene Nutrient Blends Collection.
2: I'm Hugh Atchison. I'm a chef, a restaurateur, a traveler, and now I'm the host of The Passenger. People ask me all the time, you know, what's that list of places to go in this city, in that city? And this show is dedicated to that idea. Immersing yourself in that culture and finding out what's intriguing and what we think about the future of that place as a visitor as a passenger. The first season of The Passenger premieres February 27th. Subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hey, this is Annie and you're listening to Stuff i Never Told You. This classic episode is brought to you by two recent events. Firstly, the Super Bowl just happened in my home base of Atlanta. Originally, my intent was to flee the city because I'm not a football person and I can't... I'm sure people who live in football towns and especially places that have hosted the Super Bowl before understand, but we were getting, like, warnings about crowds at work. So I was very, very primed to leave. But I stayed, and I had such a good time observing the spectacle. I didn't watch it, of course, but um, I partied real hard and ate a lot of wonderful food. Those game day foods. Secondly, one of my coworkers forwarded me a story from the New York Times about a high school cheerleading banquet held last March in Kenosha, Wisconsin. It made the news because of the more unconventional awards. The Big booby Award? For, yes, the girl with the biggest breast. For example, when the coach gave out the award, she joked the recipient's enormous boobs, that's a quote, put her at higher risk of concussion. There was the Big Booty Award in the coach's words, everybody loves her butt. And side note, at my high school, we had the MRA Award, the most rapeable ass, which is, yes, very offensive. There was the String Bean Award for a freshman who was, quote, so light and skinny. After the ceremony, um... There were some concerns voiced by parents and teammates, obviously, and the ACLU sent a formal warning to the Kenosha Unified School District when they failed to take any meaningful action. In another instance a few months prior to this, out of Cleveland, a coach resigned after a student reported he made fun of her weight and punished her by making her wear a uniform that was too small, which is gross. Emma Roth, a lawyer for the ACLU Women's Rights Project, said about this whole situation in Kenosha, quote, It's so important that we intervene at a young age and girls are taught their worth and are treated equally. When that doesn't happen, they carry this message for the rest of their life. The ACLU has intervened in other situations in this district, too, quote, A selectively enforced dress code that forbade tank tops and leggings, for example, A video shown in a health class that suggested the real people at fault for sexual assaults are the female victims. As we've spoken about before on this show, cheerleaders are athletes. Objectifying them and reducing them to body parts is degrading. It's degrading when you do that to anybody. This behavior doesn't stop at the high school level, but hounds professional cheerleaders as well, as you'll hear about in this classic episode. Enjoy. Hello, this is Annie. And this is Bridget. And you're listening to Stuff Mom Never Told You. Today, we are talking about cheerleading and cheerleaders.
2: Were you a cheerleader, Annie?
1: No. Uh, I wanted to be, though. And I, I often think that if I hadn't moved, I moved it like critical... Development, developmental period of my life, and the friends that in my old hometown they were all cheerleaders. And my friend, the friends in my new hometown, none of them were cheerleaders. So I like to think there's an alternate reality where I became a really awesome cheerleader. Earth two,
2: on Earth two, Annie's on the top of the pyramid.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm just cheering away, cheering my heart out. What about you? Were you a cheerleader? Um,
2: I was. I was sort of cheer adjacent. I didn't go to a school that had cheerleaders, but I went to cheerleading camp. Oh, yeah. yeah, I forgot about cheerleading camp. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like both of us are folks who have a healthy respect for cheerleaders. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's something that I think people forget about cheer because when you're a cheerleader, you're often in a skirt and you're you're in pom-poms. But cheerleaders are really talented. These are really talented athletes.
1: Yeah. Um, I, (laughs) I tried out for the, not cheerleading, but the dance team. At Georgia Tech, and there's another Annie, and if she's listening, hello, other Annie, alternate Annie, I called her, and she was in all of my same classes, and she and I both tried out, and she made it, and I didn't. She was slightly better than me at everything, and I respect her. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love this alternate Annie, the oh, al- alternate, the alternate Annie. Annie-verse.
1: Alternate Annie. There's just so many iterations.
2: Well, um, <laughs> fun fact is that I did dance team for most of my— my. I did, and actually, people who are on dance team, or at least the ones that I knew, they like there to be a very clear distinction between cheer and dance.
1: Yeah, oh, so yeah. just
2: mm, caveat.
1: <laughs> yes, very, very much a caveat. But I bring that up because um, I sort of assumed, foolishly, that I would get on there because I, I like dancing. Dancing is one of my favorite, favorite things, and I'm pretty athletic. I did not make it. Mm-mm. I don't think I was even close, really. <laughs>
2: What's alternate Annie up to these days? Alternate
1: Annie is living like the a, life. She's like a, she's
2: like a raquette, Probably.
1: <laughs> she's probably, I know she's in New York. Oh my gosh, she heard, could be a raquette. She really could be. Oh no. I don't know what I'm going to, I'm going to have to reevaluate some things if alternate Annie is a rocket. <laughs> well, crisis for later, crisis for later. But yes, that whole thing to say, cheerleaders, very talented, a lot of athleticism involved. Um, Professional sport team cheerleaders are often dancers with backgrounds in ballet, jazz, modern, and hip-hop and tap. And they have to beat out dozens of other dancers for the job. And then they have to show off the athletic and dancing skills they have honed for years on the fields.
2: Yeah, these ladies are serious athletes. There's a lot of kind of back and forth about is cheerleading a sport or is it not a sport? Mm -hmm. In my book, it's... Very clearly a sport. These people are up there. They're breaking bones. They're doing flips. They're doing dangerous stunts. It takes a lot of athleticism.
1: Yeah, a couple of studies from the first decades of the 2000s found that the leading cause of catastrophic sports injuries, which are se- serious injuries to your brain or your spine, for American girls was cheerleading. And it used to be, I did a little of digging for fun into the history of cheerleading for this, and it used to be a much more kind of like chant, leading the crowd in chants, and now it has become much more of a kind of gymnastic. It has a gymnastic element that was not there until it had this resurgence in around the the 80s and 90s, and then Bring It On came out, and, you know. Oh, my God.
2: Uh, side note, Bring It On is about cultural appropriation and racism. Conversation for a later episode, but y'all know it's true.
1: I've never seen
2: it. Oh, my God, Annie!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I miss, like, all of the popular high school, any kind of, even rom-com adjacent. I haven't seen any of Oh, my God. Well, those. it's not actually
2: a rom-com. It's about female athletes because it's about cheerleaders. But, sure. <laughs> uh, right. To this day, if anyone, and you're not going to get this reference, but people out there probably will, if anyone ever says, "Burr," I can't help but fill in the it's cold in here. There must be some Toros or some clovers in the <laughs> atmosphere. You don't get that reference, no. but once we watch it, you will. Okay.
1: <laughs> we have quite the list of movies to watch. We this do. We great. do.
2: So back to cheerleading, you know, it seems like a very, very glamorous job, but it actually sounds like cheerleaders put up with a lot of BS just to do their jobs.
1: Yeah. An NFL cheerleader schedule varies, but most can expect to work eight hours per week for rehearsals, plus additional practice time for rookies, and a full eight-hour day at the stadium for home games on Sundays, or sometimes Monday nights, or even holidays like Thanksgiving or Christmas. Regular special appearances at community outreach, charity, and corporate events are required as well. Many cheerleaders are not paid by the hour either, but with a set fee for each game or appearance, and many complain about not being compensated at all for practices or travel times.
2: Yeah, so it seems like they're not being compensated the way that you would expect. They're doing a lot of things that are required of them, but they're not paid for them. And we'll talk more about how that gets really twisted and toxic and perverted in a little bit, but even when those things are on the up and up, you know, charity events, things like that, It seems like those things are required of them, but they may not be even being compensated for those kinds of things.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they also have a lot of really demanding and often strange rules.
2: Tell me about it. Former NFL cheerleaders say that members of their squad were sometimes benched for gaining weight during a season. They can also be fined for things like wearing the wrong outfit to a practice. Some other kind of strange rules they have are not being allowed to drink or curse or chew gum in public. So I could definitely not abide by those rules. (laughs) Um, And... Bans on hanging out or dating NFL players. The saint saints that's uh, the Saints in New Orleans, the New Orleans, Orleans, saints, the New Orleans yeah. saints, their cheerleaders, their rules actually prohibit cheerleaders from fraternizing with players to the point where a cheerleader would be required to leave a restaurant or a party if an NFL player entered, even if she was there first. Oh. One team even required that all the cheerleaders had to have
1: straight hair. The playbook for the Jills comes with these instructions. Never! Eat in uniform and lesson arrangements have been made in advance. Just say, thanks so much for offering, but no thank you. Never, all caps, say, oh, we're not allowed to eat. Oof. Like, that's a bad look. Yeah. Um, It also has other gems like learn how to use MapQuest, um, pedicures, exclamation point, (laughs) all caps. I know, like, speaks for itself. (laughs) Yeah, that's all you need. (laughs) Bad breath is offensive. Always keep it in check. Never engage in gossip. Don't hang out too long in the bathroom. Other women will judge you there, too. Never use phrases such as like. Always say excuse me when you burp, sneeze, or fart, even if you think someone isn't around. Avoid conversations about the weather. It seems desperate. Do not overeat bread at a formal event. (laughs) This is so specific. I know. (laughs) Bare shoulders and low-cut tops are not appropriate. Um, Dining etiquette. There's something about how to put in a tampon quote a tampon too big can irritate and develop fungus change every 4 hours
2: dang they're they're like up in these ladies Und- <laughs> like these requirements are like <laughs> very like up, they're, yeah, they're <laughs> intimate
1: yes uh the raven cheerleaders are required to friend their director on facebook they also have to buy the bikini calendars and sell them They can keep the profits, but they're stuck with any they don't sell, and they have to buy 100 calendars at $12 a piece at least, and that's nothing to sneeze at. You might not have that money. Well, they
2: especially probably don't have that money when you actually look at how much these athletes are being paid, which is, frankly, not that much.
1: No, not at all.
2: And even while a lot of these handbooks are clear to point out that cheerleading is not supposed to be a full-time job, they actually don't really make that much money. Now, I did a lot of digging on these stats trying to figure out how much these athletes make And it's not really widely available, probably because they're not making a lot of money and they want to keep that information secret. But one lawsuit filed on behalf of one former San Francisco 49ers cheerleader said that she earned a total of $1,250 per season, which when you do the math, works out to about $2.75 per hour, which is nothing.
1: No, no. One anonymous NFL cheerleader wrote in to Cosmopolitan that she was paid $3,000 during the 2006 season, but after adding up non- non-reimbursed expenses for things like makeup and stylist appointments, she netted only $300. That stuff is really expensive, and from what I read, most cheerleaders, professional cheerleaders, are expected to pay for it out of pocket. And, I mean, high school cheerleading <laughs> is not the same level, but I remember... Uh, my friends had to, they had to wear certain color makeup. They had to wear makeup, and they had to do their hair a certain way. And I was always kind of like, "Wow, really?" <laughs> but yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, they do. And that becomes especially troubling when you remember that these
2: athletes are not making that much money. To then say you need to buy this calendar out of pocket, you need to buy this makeup out of pocket, this outfit out of pocket, to require that to be something that you need for your job but then make yeah. you pay for it when you're not being paid that much is is, is a bit much. Um, according to time, NFL cheerleaders earn somewhere between $75 and $150 per game and might make as much as $50 per hour for a special corporate appearance. The San Diego Chargers cheerleaders had been getting paid a flat $75 fee per game, but a California law that went into effect in 2016 actually mandated that they be paid for all of their work at least at the state minimum wage of $10 per hour.
1: Wow. That still sounds pretty grim. Yeah, I'm surprised that this is that is a win, (laughs) like getting the minimum wage. Yeah, I mean, great, good. Yeah, great. But still, (laughs) I think I I I read about the um, the jiggle test where you do the the jumping jacks, and if you're jiggling, they might bench you for having gained weight. Um, And if you get benched. You're not going to get paid for that game. And if there's only eight games in a season, then that's an eighth of your whole paycheck. Like That seems so unfair.
2: I think people listening might be saying, well, when you sign up to be a cheerleader, you know that your appearance is going to be a thing, part of the job. But this just seems demeaning.
1: Yeah. And um, in my time, that I've, when I've done some acting things, um, you get paid as an actor for like rehearsal and, like, showing up to get uh, costuming and stuff like that. And I do remember one guy said to me on set once, isn't it weird to be in a profession where it's all about how you look? And I was like, well, yeah, now that you've said that, it's <laughs> really strange. It is now. It is now, but it is strange. But at the same time, if that, if that is the case, you should be paid for the work you're doing to achieve that. Look into like the makeup and the hair, all of it, that should be not coming out of your pocket.
2: Well, if it's part of the job, you would think. Exactly. You know, I think that the issue comes in because when it's cheerleaders, the idea is that they're sexy, they're women, and that people sort of don't understand that it's just like any other labor concern that cheerleaders, just because they wear skirts and they wear makeup and they're beautiful women who are dancing, that doesn't mean that it's not a regular labor dispute. And so I think that some people might have a hard time wrapping their head around the fact that, yeah, it isn't fair if you are not making a lot of money and that you're still asked to, on top of that, buy your own makeup, buy your own this, buy your own that. If those things are requirements for your work, it's sort of not fair. But I think it's one of those issues that because it involves women and because it involves a certain kind of sexuality on display that people kind of, it becomes murkier for some folks when in fact, for me, it's very cut and dry. It's a labor, it's a workplace issue. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Totally agree. We have um, a lot more, a lot more of troubling workplace issues to discuss. But first, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor.
0: Okay, so a recent study found that a great hair day makes you happier and more confident. But that same study also revealed that 95% of women don't feel great about their hair. And Sundays on NBC, watch it live. There's sure to be big twists and huge surprises.
1: So you'll want to enjoy your Good Girls experience in a spoiler-free zone.
0: The all-new, all-hilarious season of Good Girls, Sundays on NBC and stream anytime.
1: And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Okay, so let's get into
2: sort of the biggest news happening in the professional cheerleading world right now there was a bombshell report in the New York Times alleging some pretty sleazy, troubling behavior going down with the cheerleaders on the Washington football team. Uh, You'll notice I did not say a certain word that starts with the letter R, even though that is the official name of the team. Uh, Being from D.C., I can tell you there is a big push to get that name changed. Uh, I believe that name is a slur, so I try not to say it, and I We'll try not to say it in this episode, but it's a little bit of a—we um, should come up with a different
1: name for it. I feel like they have a different name that's been proposed. There was
2: actually this social media hoax back in 2017 that was put on by a group called Native Advocates to bring awareness for this name change, where they made a fake news website or a fake news press release saying that the team name was being changed to the Redhawks. So let's just call them the Red Hawks. Okay. That's easy enough. Yeah. Um, so again, this, you might be thinking, what is happening? Um we're going to be calling the Washington D.C. professional football team the Redhawks instead of their actual name. We know it's the. We know this is not the name. Don't write in and say you got the team name wrong. We know this. It's a slur. I'm not going to say it.
1: Well, I have a confession I must make. I uh, thought this was the Washington State football team this whole time. <laughs> Annie! Oh no! I am more out of touch
2: than uh, I thought. Wait, well, this is like a. You're in. It, I mean, like this is.
1: I, I'm i not a sports person, but this is shocking to me. I am shocked as well. I I am not lying. I am learning this now.
2: <laughs> Annie, that's the Seahawks. The Washington oh. State
1: football team is the Seahawks. The Washington, oh. D.C., which is a
2: different place,
1: <laughs> were the Redhawks. I did know about the Seahawks, too. I don't know how I never realized there's a discrepancy there that they had two teams in my head. Oh, I got to I really need to think about things. I need to find alternate Annie and ask her for some <laughs> advice.
2: Yeah, she's going to take you after her demanding rackets
1: yeah. workout. She's going to take you for
2: lunch and get get your life together. That's what I need. That's what I need. Okay, so here is what's going down. According to this report in the New York Times, the Washington Redhawks took their cheerleading squad to Costa Rica in 2013 for a calendar shoot. The cheerleaders were paid nothing beyond transportation costs, meals and lodging, which I already found a little bit yeah. iffy, you know, to I mean, I guess maybe you would be happy to to go on a Costa Rican vacation, but still. So here's where it gets really sketch in my book. Red Hawks officials took their passports upon arrival at the resort, depriving them of their official identification. Now, the officials say this is just a routine thing to keep, you know, to keep the logistics or keep them safe, whatever. But if you got to Costa Rica, a different country, and the first thing that happened to you, you, if you were there for work and the first
1: thing that happened was, give me your passport, that would already give me some creepy vibes. Yeah, and I feel like there are many situations where you might want your passport in another country.
2: Uh, I would say pretty much all situations. I would feel super unsafe without my passport.
1: Yeah, and as someone... I mean, when you travel, the advice you get is make a copy of your passport and leave one at home. Like, If logistically, they're saying it's logistics, why couldn't they just have a copy of the passport? You would think. So,
2: the street leaders go to an adult-only resort... And they're they're here for this photo shoot. So the Redhawks cheerleaders they show up to this adults only resort and they are doing this calendar, this kind of sexy calendar photo shoot. Some of them were required to be topless, and others of them only wore body paint. Now this resort is in kind of a secluded area, so you know not a big deal. You know it wouldn't be it w- if you felt uncomfortable being topless, it wouldn't be that maybe that big of a deal because it's secluded. Except the Red Hawks invited spectators, a contingent of sponsors, and FedEx Field suite holders, all men were granted up-close access to the photo shoots, which is f***ing gross. Yeah, that's disgusting. Well, it actually gets worse. After a 14-hour day that included posing and dance practice and all of that, the squad's director told nine of the 36 cheerleaders that they had a special assignment for the night. Oh, no. I bet you can sort of imagine where this is going. I... I unfortunately think I can, yes. So, some of the male sponsors who'd been there, probably leering at them all day, like f***ing creeps, had picked them to be personal escorts at a nightclub later that night. And, oh, no. It's bad. So, so it doesn't sound like they were forced or required to have sex with these men, but it's still, it's a, it's a weird situation. One of the cheerleaders said, they weren't putting a gun to our heads, but it was mandatory for us to go. We weren't asked, we were told, other girls were devastated because we knew exactly what she was doing.
1: Wow. I can't, I'm shocked that this was kind of a surprise assignment. That that feels very shady to me in and of itself. I mean, the whole thing is, but the fact that it's just sort of sprung on you. Hey, you have to go do this thing that you might be very uncomfortable with. We didn't give you any warning. You just got to go do it. Yeah, according to this report, some of the cheerleaders, when they found out
2: they had to do this, burst into tears, like on the spot. That's so sad. So when the nine cheerleaders who were picked to do this, quote, special assignment, showed up to the club, they found the club dark and pretty much empty, except for the men who had requested them. And when they got there, they actually found that Red Hawks officials were there at the club. Lon Rosenberg, the senior vice president of operations, and Dennis Green, the president for business operations, were both there. A former Red Hawks cheerleader who volunteered as a sideline assistant during the games was encouraging the women to drink and flirt and have a good time. The issue was that management really seemed to condone all of this, one cheerleader who was there said, according to this report. So honestly, it's like you get to this club, there's nobody there. Let's be real, this group of men who's probably been leering at you all night while you were topless and you really couldn't say anything about it, he handpicks you, more or less makes it mandatory for you to go to this nightclub with him. You get there and it's like your bosses
1: are there and they're encouraging you to drink and flirt. That's weird. That is so strange. And that would fall under... Like, if that happened at almost any other company, it would be very, very troubling and problematic and you'd probably get sued.
2: You, yeah, it would be bad. So here's a kind of extra added layer of making this sort of a sleazy experience for these, for these women. They say that after the nightclub, around 2 or 3 a.m., they got into the van, only to be stopped by several police officers who, of course, asked for their passports, which they didn't have. Yeah. And after they were allowed to leave by the police... A man affiliated with the cheerleading squad allegedly said, "Quote: I guess they thought you were prostitutes."
1: Wow, it's really hard to say without having the, um, <laughs> without knowing with what inflection he said that. If he <laughs> was being helpful or rude, hard to say. Yeah, I mean that's just
2: such a I uncomfortable experience so much so that when they returned to the resort several women on the team decided not to return to the squad the next season. What happened in Costa Rica, they said, made them feel worthless and unprotected and I can understand why.
1: Yeah, they just feel very as if the people in charge of in charge of you in your career and one would hope keeping you safe when you're traveling and that to be treated that way, as if you're just going to do this, and I don't really care <laughs> what happens to you,
2: yeah, we're not going to give you security. Just think if that night, which was already awful, really got unsafe, and somebody had to, like, run out of there because one of these men got grabby or whatever. Yeah. You don't have your passport. You don't have security. You don't have nothing. I mean, and especially with the alcohol flowing, it just does not sound like they were set up to have a safe experience.
1: No, it sounds like the opposite of it, in fact. Which is... mm, Terrible. Yeah, it does sound terrible. I should note that Stephanie Jokanian, a longtime
2: director and choreographer for the Red Hawks, disputes much of what the women say happened in Costa Rica. She totally denies that the nightclub night was mandatory and says that the cheerleaders who went were not chosen by sponsors. She says, I was not forcing anyone to go at all. I'm the mama bear and I really look out for everybody, not just the cheerleaders. It's a big family. We respect each other and our craft. It's a very supportive environment for these ladies. The Red Hawks also put out a statement pretty much saying the same thing, disputing the claims of what happened in Costa Rica and reaffirming that they're, you know, they they stand for the safety of all of their athletes, which mm. sounds like bull to me.
1: Yeah, it does have that. Oh, the bullshit, as we say. Um, Dan Schneider, the team's owner, has also been accused of making the whole cheerleading program raunchier, like pushing it in that direction. Mr. Schneider was, quote, bringing the craft closer to pole dancing with every season, said a 2009 column in the Washington City Paper, which referred to an advertisement on Mr. Schneider's WTEM-AM sports talk radio station that year. In the ad, breathy male voices discussed a listener contest in which five lucky winners would have Red Hawks cheerleaders wash their cars. One man asked the other if he would like the cheerleaders soaping up and scrubbing you. Ugh. Yeah, that makes my skin crawl, just again, reading it. And again, yeah, these are athletes. I
2: mean, right. no shame to women who are in the, you know, the, who dance or who are sex workers, but it's like, that's not what these women signed up for. They weren't right. signed up to be, just because they wear short skirts and dance on a field, they did not sign up to, to wash cars in a bikini. No. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not, they didn't do like years and years and years of ballet training to wash some jerk's car. And to have their owner, the owner of this team, be the one who's putting them out there to do that is just really degrading. Even worse, on the Red Hawks' own website, fans were able to play a version of the game Not or Hot, where it would be two pictures of Red Uh, Hawks cheerleaders, and you get to pick which one is hot and which one is not. And that was on their official website. Now, after this New York Times report was released, they took it down with their screenshots on the Internet. This was a thing that they thought was appropriate to have on their official website until this report came out.
1: Right. I, I, I recall um, a, a bit of a kerfuffle around the hottie alert, um, which was like a social media thing where they once a week would publish like a picture on Instagram of one of the cheerleaders in bikini, but the cheerleaders weren't allowed to publish, quote, sexy pictures on their personal personal Instagram accounts, and uh, a lot of teams that did that said it was for their safety to prevent stalking, but um, fans would just tag. Like, that, that excuse doesn't hold water. Yeah, I want to talk about that more going forward, but it is clear to me
2: that they dictate these women and their sexuality to a degree that is absurd, right? Where they tell you when to change your tampon, you know, what you can and can't do when you're in public on your own time, all of that. And it's clear to me that they, when you find out, like, there's a cheerleader who says that she was fired because she posed in a one-piece bathing suit on her personal Instagram account. And it's clear to me that the NFL, they don't have a problem with sexuality, but they want to be in control of it. They want to use the sexuality of their cheerleaders to make money, to promote, to whatever. And they want these women to have no agency and no control of their own sexuality, which is a really weird discrepancy. Clearly, they don't give a crap about the modesty of these players or what, whatever excuse yeah. they're giving. Because if they did, they wouldn't be doing. They wouldn't be allowing men to leer at them while they're trying to work. So they clearly don't care about that. But they're saying, "Oh, we care about your modesty. We don't want you to be stalked." It's very like benevolent sexism, but it's also very just toxic. And isn't any wonder then that these fans oftentimes feel entitled to their to their bodies? You know, these women describe what they have to put up with when they're on the job. And this is in their handbooks of how they're expected to behave. If a fan gets grabby with you, your actual handbook says that you're not supposed to offend him. You're supposed to sort of be sort of yeah. gracious and polite. And so clearly they don't, these rules are not there to protect these women. If they really cared about protecting these women, they would have security with them. They would they would make very easy efforts to protect them. They clearly don't
1: care. So that excuse is so clearly bullshit Yeah, and it's just weird when it, again, like, we want you to be in this sexy outfit here, but don't do it on your own time. That doesn't make, That doesn't make sense to me.: It doesn't make sense. So there are a couple of other like
2: really creepy allegations. Um, a former Red Hawks cheerleader shared one especially unusual assignment. Several years ago, she said, her and five teammates were told to drive to an address that the Red Hawks had given them. When they got there, they thought it was going to be a business or something like that, mm-hmm. but it was a house. They go inside thinking maybe it's a party or a charity event or whatever. And it wasn't. There were seven men in their 40s just hanging out in this house. When they get there, the homeowner says, you know, who's single, who's married, starts sizing them up. The men were all drinking. They asked the women if they wanted to drink. They, the women were like, probably no thanks because no. this is weird as um, The women, they did a two-minute dance in the basement of this house. They spent the rest of the afternoon walking around the house and having awkward conversations with the men while the men were watching an NFL game on TV, one shooter who was there said it was sketchy because we were in some dude's house, some random house, and it was physically uncomfortable to be there. And, yeah, it just seems like they're being treated like property, like escorts that you can just call and they'll show up on demand. And, you know, it's one thing to be expected to dance. At a, if someone's having a charity event at their home, a big party, that's one thing. Yeah. But then they show up and it's like, oh, you just want me to hang out in this house, in this basement? With, like, seven strange men while they hang out. I mean, it, one, it just sounds like a terrible time. Yeah. Two, it's, uh, it's awkward. And three, it's, it's dehumanizing.
1: Yeah, and I think if I had to describe, if I had to write a job description of what I thought a cheerleader did, that doesn't fall under
2: it. Oh, yeah. Hanging out with seven old guys you've never met in a basement of some random house. That's not part of the... You don't think that was part of the the training that's not on your resume? I don't think that came
1: <laughs> up, no. Um I yeah, and I'm just kind of they struggling with why <laughs> why that's even happening either. I guess they're big fans. They must donate money. Like I don't know. I just feel that that must be kind of a wink wink, nudge nudge. No one tells you that that's going to happen, and no one really lists officially that that's happening. I don't know. It's so. I mean, it's. Uh,
2: I f- I feel for these women. I really do. And then I mean, I think this comes up again and again: not being able to tell these men to f- off, like not like yeah. not not being able to be like, this is an uncomfortable situation I don't want to. I don't want to do it. Having this be yeah. mandatory and having your response also be mandatory because I've had I've I've done all kinds of weird jobs where. I was, my physicality was involved. And usually in those jobs, at the end of the day, you are the one who is responsible for keeping yourself safe. And so you are empowered to be like, yeah, if this situation seems not on the up and up, you don't have to do it. I was a campaign worker for a while, the person who would knock on your door and be like, oh, do you want to vote for Barack Obama? Uh And it was clear, like if I didn't feel comfortable going to a house, guess what? It was okay if I was like, no, I'm not going to that house because people in workplaces need to feel empowered to keep themselves safe. And in this environment... It sounds like no one has been given that agency.
1: It sort of reminds me of um, I was a waitress for a while and just de- having to depend on tips and encountering so much sexual harassment and just and because it's your customer, the customer is always right and you're depending on the money. That's where most of your money is coming from. Um, yeah, a lot of times they would say something to you, a customer would say something to you that made you feel really inappropriate, made the whole thing feel really inappropriate and uncomfortable and you would just kind of like laugh and try. I called it de-escalating. I think mm. a lot of people use that term, but I was—I was thought like, I was being oh, clever. <laughs> yeah, like ah, ha, ha, I'm gonna go to this other table now. Um, it's sort of similar to that, but it's different too. In that, at least at the end of the day, I can go home and post whatever on Instagram. <laughs> I, not that like, I, at, I do. At, I'm never at least on you're there like, After that
2: long day, of, I can go. Can uh, <laughs> go home and. Take a bikini
1: shot. On <laughs> <laughs> me eating a donut in and, and a bikini, like, I won't be able to fit in this and also like, And also spitting and swearing. Yeah. At me. I mean, it's,
2: it's the little things. It's, it's the little, little things.
1: things. It is.
2: Um, so another creepy allegation, this time on one of the creepiest places that you could possibly. So if you were to think, where is some place where I would not want to find myself in a creepy situation? I, top, top thing. Top thing that comes to mind? Spaceship. <laughs> okay, Okay. yes. <laughs> Fair. That's not where I was going. I was going to say boat. Oh, yeah. I would boat. not want to find myself in a creepy situation on a boat, but in 2012, that is exactly what happened to the Red Hucks cheerleaders. Joe Jackian, who we mentioned earlier, who was the choreographer and a squad director, basically, the Red Hucks cheerleaders had to have a mandatory team bonding boat trip at a pier in Georgetown. Oh, no. And they... Get on this boat. They're thinking, oh, it's going to be a party boat. It's going to be team building, whatever. You know, an, a bonding thing that sure. you might do at any workplace. They get on, and they realize it isn't a commercial boat at all. It is a yacht with several men aboard, including one familiar face, a Mr. William R. Teal Jr., who is a sponsor of the Red Hawks. Oh. And as a sponsor, he'd help judge the cheerleading tryouts and occasionally was invited to buy package deals to attend those calendar shoots that we talked about earlier. He also paid for Redhawks cheerleaders to attend the Super Bowl. Now, five of these cheerleaders described this experience as a wild gathering where men shot liquor into the cheerleaders' mouths with turkey basters. Oh. Below deck, men handed out cash prizes in twerking contests. Now, none of the women who went on this trip said they were touched inappropriately, and two team captains said the trip was pretty pleasant. One added, quote, they were all adults and got out of the experience what they wanted to get out of it. Now, a few years later, one cheerleader was told what to expect about this sort of annual team-building, bonding, wild boat liquor being sprayed in your mouth (laughs) affair. Uh Uh-huh. She was told, I'd been given a heads up that we were going on this particular man's yacht and that he had a lot of money and that you could make a lot of money there if you wanted, referring to the cash prizes. But that was not for me, and a lot of us felt the same way, but we were too scared to complain. We felt that
1: our place on the team would be compromised if we did. Sure, if it's the guy who owns the boat, the yacht is judging the cheerleading tryouts, I would very much feel the same way. Team bonding is a very misleading name for that. (laughs)
2: Yeah, even the head choreographer, the squad director, Ms. Jajakian, said that she didn't really understand how this was a team bonding experience, which,
1: no it doesn't sound like it was a team (laughs) bonding experience at all. No... At first, I was like, huh, I wonder if this is going to go the way of that office episode where they're on the booze cruise and then there's a twerking contest and (laughs) cash prizes involved. I'm like, okay, so a little bit worse than that. (laughs) Just a little bit. Uh, And Mr. Teal, whose name is still painted on two prime parking spots at FedEx Field, though he no longer owns a suite at the stadium, was adamant in saying that nothing inappropriate happened on his boat and that he always treated the cheerleaders with respect. I have five sisters, he said, adding that at his boat's parties... No one was allowed to be disrespected.
2: Oh, so because you have sisters. I hate that. It's awful. It's <laughs> awful. So wait, if you so basically it's like, we could do a whole episode on this. I would but, love to. Yes. But basically, it's like, if I'm no one's sister or no one's daughter, like if my if my dad is dead and I'm an only child, people can just treat me however however they want. Because I always say, like, oh, like, that's someone's daughter.
1: It's like, what if you're not someone's daughter? What does that mean? You're still a person. <laughs> right. Whenever, um, the sexual harassment thing would come out, and I always think of Paul Ryan and I don't know why, but they would be like oh i've got a I've got a daughter and a and a wife, and I really don't want them to be treated like this and uh, I'm like, so if they're not related to you, if they're not directly within your right. <laughs> your circle who have, cares? yeah whatever who cares? if I didn't have this wife and daughter, who knows also
2: you don't see women saying. There's not any men in my life, so I murder them. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, didn't know they were human.
1: So I, don't have any, I don't have any male family members. I didn't know. That's true. You never hear people really say, like, I have a husband and I have a son. Like, I would never do that. I have a father. <laughs> I, no I one know. says that. I always think of, like, don't we all have the mother, though? Can't we yes! relate to that thing? <laughs> it's asinine. It's so asinine. hmm Oh, I have another creepy allegation, this time on a golf course. Um... This is a lawsuit that described an event where cheerleaders were auctioned off at a golf tournament and then were expected to ride around in the golf cart on the winning bidder's lap because there was no space in the golf cart. Gross. And this was after, like, a dunking contest. and It was sort of a charity event, but mandatory to go. Um, and uh, it, made, it made the cheerleaders involved very uncomfortable. I can imagine. Yeah. So it actually sounds like being
2: sort of loaned. I don't even know if that's—I don't want to say—I mean— I don't know if that's the right word, but it sounds like being sort of loaned out to men It's kind of considered part of their job, but they aren't even being paid for it. The way one cheerleader saw it, it was unfair that the team making money off of its cheerleaders who get paid so little are asked to do this. She says people would just call up the managers and say, how many girls do you want? For how many hours do you want them to dance? It's literally like you're calling for an escort, she said. And she recalls that she was only paid $100 for a promotional event while the team charged $1,200 per cheerleader. Oh, the math doesn't add up there. It doesn't add up. So she she makes a really good point. She says, it's not like somebody grabbed my boobs and nobody told me, have sex with me right now. It's a lot more nuanced. It's like every other abuse dynamic. You don't feel like you have the liberty to say, I'd prefer not to do this. In turn, you're treated poorly, you're paid hardly anything, and ragged on in rehearsals for not wearing the right lipstick. The whole thing is so messed up. So it just sounds like a real toxic environment and in an environment where people are not, one, not being fairly compensated. Because honestly, if I was a cheerleader and someone said, Bridget, how much would we have to pay you to get in a bikini and wash some guy's car? I, would, I might be like, oh, well,
1: this, here's, here's my price. Here's my,
2: I, would, I would write a number on yeah. a piece of paper and slide <laughs> it across the table. And if we agreed, fine. But it just sounds like a situation where, A, they it's mandatory. They don't have a choice. And, B, they're not being compensated for this extra thing. And again, it says in a lot of their contracts that they have to do promotional or charity events, but dancing at some guy's rando basement party is on a charity event. Like this is, this is not in their contract that they have to do this and they're being expected to do it. And if they don't do it, it sounds like they get pressured. And it, again, it's just like any other workplace fairness issue. It's because there's beautiful women involved who wear short skirts. Does not make it anything different than any other labor dispute?
1: Yeah, no, not at all. Um, And all of these allegations come as NFL cheerleaders are involved in high-profile discrimination lawsuits against the NFL. A former cheerleader for the NFL's Miami Dolphins filed a complaint against the league and the team, alleging that she was discriminated against because of her religion and gender. Kristen Ware, who spent three seasons with the Dolphins cheerleading squad, ending in the spring of 2017, said in a complaint with the Florida Commission on Human Relations that she was subjected to a hostile work environment for her expressions of faith and Christianity. Ware contended that she became, quote, a target of discipline, ridicule, harassment, and abuse from the team's cheerleading director, Dory Grogan, and other coaches and representatives of the squad only after she posted an off-season photo on social media of herself being baptized before the third season on the team. So again, that social media uh, coming up, that you have to, this, like, policing what you're doing outside of yeah, it's, it's fucked up at another lawsuit also involving
2: social media. A New Orleans Saint, Saint Sational.
1: <laughs> I do. I love the, the names of these cheerleaders. Me responds. too.
2: Me too. Uh, Bailey Davis was fired from the Saint-Sations after posting an Instagram photo showing her in an outfit similar to a one piece bathing suit. She filed a complaint with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission saying the Saints have different standards for women and men, which they clearly do.
1: Yeah, clearly.
2: And never mind the fact that NFL players can punch their wives in the face and, like, rape people and beat people and be pretty much awful, irresponsible human beings, and it's fine. Oh, a one-piece bathing suit? Get her out of (laughs) here. Yeah. (laughs) That's too much. It's a bridge too far. I mean, if she had beat her partner unconscious and a videotape that's one thing. That's one thing.
1: We but could get we could get by with bare that. Bare shoulders, not on my watch. No no way. <laughs> so these two cheerleaders were asking for NFL commissioner Roger Goodell to have a meeting with a group of cheerleaders. If Goodell agreed, the two former cheerleaders who had filed these di- discrimination claims would settle those claims for a dollar each. The settlement proposal by Sarah Blackwell, the lawyer representing the cheerleaders, Asa that Cadell and league lawyers have good faith meeting with at least four cheerleaders to create binding rules and regulations for all NFL teams. Also, teams that currently have cheerleading squads would not be allowed to disband them as retaliation for at least five years. And this really sounds like a classic workplace protections issue, and just because they're cheerleaders, it shouldn't be treated any differently.
2: Yeah, it sounds like a lot of these women, they understand the team's approach, you know, sex sells. It's a job where you have to look a certain way, and and I think, you know, a lot of them seem fine with that, and they seem like they're really enthusiastic supporters of cheerleading and of the team, but it just sounds like their safety is just not even being considered. There's no league-wide policy for security or a union to protect them. They're just just sort of on their own, and they're dealing with really, really f***ed up labor practices, and they're supposed to just take it and like it and shut up about it.
1: Yeah, be grateful.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's actually what, I'm happy that you said that because I want to talk about how this culture of harassment functions on cheerleading squads after this quick break.
0: Okay, so a recent study found that a great hair day makes you happier and more confident. But that same study also revealed that 95% of women don't feel great about their hair.
2: And we were just talking about cheerleaders. Uh, So it sounds like there is a real culture of harassment and an expectation that these women will just suck it up, deal with it, and not make waves. And I think a big part of that is this feeling that you should feel grateful and lucky to be a cheerleader. And that because we deigned to have you join the squad, you were one of, picked one of, you know, a handful of women who would kill to be here, you should just shut up and not make waves. And I think that that is a really toxic situation
1: yeah and just that feeling of um you can be so easily replaced and you if you fall out of line we'll get rid of you and there's so many women in line to take your place like that is not a good work environment
2: it's not a dallas Cowboys cheerleader said we beat that hundreds of girls for this position it was always very apparent always there there was always somebody else who can do this job we never talked about these things never questioned them and even looking at the handbook that some of these athletes deal with, some of them make it very clear that they don't want you to make waves. In the handbook for the Cincinnati Bengals cheerleaders, for example, they're pretty much sternly warned about insubordination in bold, big, capitalized letters. The handbook says, insubordination to even the slightest degree, all caps, is absolutely not tolerated. You will be benched or dismissed, said the
1: handbook. With three exclamation points.
2: That's, yeah, that's intense. And that's also unambiguous. It's like very clear. Someone says, do this, and you think, this is not, this goes against my values or doesn't make me feel safe. It's right there in plain day. Insubordination in and even the slightest degree will get you dismissed. Like it's very clear. The slightest degree.
1: It's like, I'd be out so fast.
2: I know. This, I, I like, I, this would never work for me.
1: Mm-mm, mm-mm.
2: <laughs> A law professor at Southern Methodist University said of that handbook language. For the handbook to say you can't question anyone in authority is to say, shut up and do as you're told. You're telling them, in essence, don't bother complaining because you may get fired.
1: And that's up. Yeah, it really is. Uh, And there's another report from the Dallas Cowgirls. Um, The Dallas Cowgirls taught their cheerleaders and dancers what to say to people who said offensive things or touched them inappropriately, like we were discussing earlier. The women were told never to upset the fans. We were taught, if someone's getting handsy on you, how to navigate that, said the former longtime Cowboys cheerleader. We were told what to say, like, that's not very nice. To be sweet, not rude. Say, can I ask you to step over here? Use body language to help deter the situation. Never be mean. Never. Always courteous. Because if it's not for the fans, we wouldn't be here. That's how we were supposed to think of this. Ugh. Yeah.
2: That just sounds so problematic to me, because I think as women, we are all sort of taught this, language of how to what you called earlier de-escalate and i wish i could say that anytime a man touched me in a way i didn't like that i punched him because i'm a tough bitch right but sometimes that's not safe and sometimes you you as women i think that we are burdened by society by having to put up with something that makes you feel like like nothing that makes you feel disrespected and makes you feel like less of a person and then having to react in a way that's Still keeps their feelings at the at the front lines. That you know you don't want to make them matter or or insult them. So you have to say that's not very nice or giggle and move a hand away. And I just think that as women, telling a woman how to respond when someone does something that's like if someone grabs you, yeah, that's just. And again, these women should have security. Like no one should being no one should be being grabbed against their will when they're trying to do their job. These women, so there should be something in place to make sure that's not happening. And who yeah. gives a shit what the fan thinks? I mean, if a fan is slapping someone on the ass and they're drunk, they shouldn't be in a public setting like that. They need they need to be kicked out or escorted out. Like, I, yeah, I just think it's it's clear that they're bending over backward to protect the feelings of the fans while putting their their employees at risk.
1: Yeah. And it it sends a message of kind of, yeah, this is, we value this more than this. And that's, as a person, not a good feeling to have. And um, to tolerate that kind of behavior is to, it it just sends a message that is not a message that should be sent. (laughs) You're worth less than this.
2: Yeah, your dignity both as, our, em- our valued employee and as a human f-ing being yeah. is less important than this drunk guy's f***ing ego and that it's his p- yeah. precious sensibilities like heaven forbid he feel offended by slapping someone's ass or grabbing someone against their will at a goddamn football game.
1: Yeah, and for I mean, I'm I'm angry just thinking, I know. Just thinking I
2: mean, this, is, this isn't even I'm not even <laughs> a cheerleader and I'm like angry on these women's behalf. I know. <laughs>
1: Uh, the cheerleaders and dancers in Dallas, as in most NFL stadiums, were required to visit tailgate parties, and that's, I mean, oh, in areas that are essentially standing room-only bars. They visited high-priced luxury suites and came to dread certain ones. You knew the alcohol was flowing and that they could be handsy, she said. Arms around the waist, kisses on the cheek, you knew that they would, and you couldn't say anything. And if they did object, quote, you'd be dismissed from the team. Ugh.
2: Yeah, that just... Boils my blood and breaks my heart. To feel like you are a professional and that you have to just this is just part of the job being groped and kissed. And if you
1: have a problem with it, you're out. Yeah, all that training, we don't care. Um, and one of the ways that this has been allowed to go on for so long is with the use of NDAs.
2: So a lot of teams require their cheerleaders to sign non disclosure agreements or NDAs, and this apparently raises a big red flag that harassment is likely to take place. Now, according to Deborah Katz, who is a Washington-based lawyer who has three decades of experience bringing sexual harassment cases to light, she says, When employees with little power sign NDAs, it creates an environment where sexual harassment or improper pay can proceed because people are fearful of speaking out. Anytime you have a profession or an industry where sexual harassment can be anticipated, putting someone under an NDA is designed to clearly protect the image of the team. And that's really why a lot of these women feel like they can't report. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they rarely do report harassment cases, either because they feel it is an expected part of the job or out of fear of being removed from the team for complaining. For countless women who have worked for teams over the years, the statute of limitations, which varies by state, has most li- most likely expired. Handbooks and contracts provided to cheerleaders rarely have detailed information on how to handle or report harassment, from fans beyond legal boilerplate. The San Francisco 49ers who outsource oversight of their Gold Rush cheerleaders to a third party. Another possible complication to claims made against some teams include this line in the 2016 contract. If there is ever a case where you feel uncomfortable or a sense of fan that is acting inappropriately, please get immediate assistance or contact your director immediately and she will notify the security authorities.
2: But that's nothing. That's not that's not a
1: helpful. I mean, it just sounds like a very unmeaningful boilerplate line. And it also kind of at least to me has this vibe of if you do that, you're being a baby or like you're just complaining and you're causing trouble and making waves and, and you're not being waves. a nice girl yeah, and Exactly, yeah. And I guess so yeah.
2: Who wants to be the cheerleader who is known for, quote, causing trouble, right? Like, like it just doesn't sound like a, a situation where these claims will be dealt with in a manner that is, that it will mean anything other than trouble for you for
1: reporting it. Right. And it probably will impact, if they are choosing to throw some extra work or extra money to a cheerleader's way, they probably wouldn't throw it to you if you complained about something. Exactly.
2: And I think it, it, I, I keep thinking about what we were talking about before, this idea that, you know, these women are prevented from posing in, in swimsuits on their own personal Instagram accounts and stuff like that, that it's clear to me that these women are in situations where the power holders are the males who own these teams and that the, these people want complete control over the sexual agency of of, of adult human women. Like, it just when you become a cheerleader, your job is to cheer it's to dance it's to do the things that are in your contract yeah and to say you can't you don't you're not signing away your sexual sense of self your self-worth your agency no one should be put in a situation where they feel like they don't have control over their bodily and autonomy and that their own sexual identity and sexual agency and expressions of that 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 belongs to each and every one of us and it's very clear to me that in this very like Draconian way that the NFL wants to be in charge of that to the point where they tell you how often to change your goddamn tampon like a like, like that is what like, what is this it, it's it's infuriating but it also is so disgusting and so specific and so I am I almost sort of don't even know what to make of it you know
1: yeah it's it's a weird warped image a projection almost of what the ultimate I keep thinking of that um. If you fart or sneeze or burp, even if you think someone's not around, you say, Excuse me. Yeah. And it's like a weird image of women don't do those things that like it's this almost kind of Barbie doll or
2: Yeah. It's like they're trying to make them not human adult women. And they're also sort of feeding in this idea that you are always being watched and consumed and even when you're alone in your apartment. Yeah. If you burp alone in your apartment, or or if you do a normal bodily function while you're alone, assume you are being watched and consumed by a male gaze in that moment. You can never escape the male gaze, even when you're alone in your goddamn home. Like, that, that seems to be what they're saying.
1: And it's so weird. Yeah. It's a very toxic mix of... Etiquette that feels like it's from back when the 1800s, when women had all those weird etiquette rules they had to follow. And then this hypersexualization got together and had a baby. And this is what results from it. It was very strange. Some of the, I read, I think it was the, um, the Jill's, their handbook was released online. And it was older. But just reading it felt like I was reading something from 1850s. Etiquette handbook. was yeah. bizarre. It's
2: it is bizarre, and it's like it's this bizarre abstraction of femininity that doesn't really exist because women fart, women gain weight, women poop. We eat a lot of bread at events <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we're busy and we change our tampon not every four hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we do these things. We're people. We're human. You know, and it's this idea that when you sign up to be a cheerleader. That, like, you're less than human. Like, your you, your humanity is no longer acknowledged because you've signed that away. And that's not real. That's not true. Like, you don't sign these things away when you become a cheerleader. And I think that because it's beautiful women in short skirts, we just accept that, that it's normal. But it's yeah. f***ing weird. Like, when you when you run down the list of all the things they say that these women aren't allowed to do, it's bizarre. And if, you, if it was any other job, you'd be like, no, I—, I when I my my job is to work for you and do the thing that I'm going to do, and then go home where I you know live my life, and right. it's just it, it it would be it's so. And I guess mean, not all jobs are like that because there are jobs where you know you can't do certain things, but it just seems so strange that in order to wave pom poms and dance on a football field, that they are dictating how much bread you can eat at a party. It just it's it's just
1: it's yeah. bizarre. It is.
2: I read this article by this great writer, Kavithia A. Davidson, on ESPNW, called NFL cheerleaders must be able to control their own sex appeal, which I think really, really nails this sort of bizarre discrepancy. She writes, These women are choosing to use their sexual capital in their jobs, but they have little choice over how that value is used by their employers. Teams have dictated when cheerleaders can dress a certain way, when it suits their needs, without allowing them freedom of movement when they're off the clock. It's a problem that stems from a conflict central to our culture. Men want women to exist as pretty things for their entertainment, but only on their terms. Oftentimes, men would like to simply gawk at them without having to think about pesky issues such as fair wage practices. Not thinking these women are entitled to protections, but they think they're entitled to these women's bodies. I think that nails it for me.
1: Yeah, she hit it right on the, right on the head.
2: I think men want to live in a world where you get to consume women's bodies and, and you feel entitled to women's bodies, but you don't have to deal with any of the realities of what that, what that means, whether it's pay me for that, fine, and yeah. pay me, compensate me fairly for that, or right. I am a human being who farts and eats bread. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> I mean, I do both of those things all the time.
1: Right. <laughs> They they kind of connected a little bit.
2: Oh, does Brett give you gas? You would know food stuff. <laughs> I, I no not no, not because you fart a lot, because you host a podcast about food and like the mechanics of food. Just to be clear, I'm not saying that Annie farts a lot. <laughs> yeah, I in the
1: studio, it's, just like <laughs> it's a marvel in here.
2: <laughs> let's end this show because it's really getting bad. Let's, let's
1: wrap this up. I can't breathe. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what we had to say about cheerleaders. Listeners, we would love to hear from you, especially if you have cheerleaded, are cheerleading, have any experience in this, or whatever. We love hearing from you all the time. Uh, you can contact us on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You, or on Twitter at Mom Stuff Podcast. Or you can always email us at momstuff at howstuffworks.com.
2: And I especially can't wait to hear from alternate Rockette Annie. So please definitely <laughs> help me get my life <laughs> on track, alternate Annie. <laughs> help her get her NFL team names right.
1: So here's something that some of you might find shocking.